listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Bauckham, and this is the Save the Marriage podcast, the podcast designed to help you save and enrich your marriage no matter where you are in the process. Whether you're at the very beginning of this and you're trying to avoid problems, or if you're at the point where you're really struggling to figure out how to move through this process and save your relationship. We're here to help you with that. I'm here to guide you through that process as we talk through different ways, different strategies, different ways of thinking about things. Now, as I'm recording this, we're in the midst of a pretty interesting time in history as we face the pandemic and what that means for saving a relationship. So I want you to think about the fact that there are possibly two different scenarios that you're going through right now, and you can choose which one you're in. And then I'm going to talk through what this means about that point in time, depending on your circumstance. So first, you may find yourself cohabitating with the person that you're struggling with. You're actually living, and right now you're quarantining, or or at least uh, kind of trying to restrict your life to that person that you're with. The other possibility is that you're not quarantining with that person. Maybe there was a separation or for some other reason, you're not in the same place. And then that changes what this means in terms of saving your relationship. So first, let's talk about some pieces of the puzzle when you're self-quarantining or quarantining together, when you're in the midst of that self-isolation with this person, because it's likely that the reason you're listening to this podcast is because you're in the midst of struggle. And now we have something that's added to your struggle. It's not just a matter of, you know, what was going on before, where you're in a struggle, but maybe you could find some space and some time. Suddenly, all those are compressed. So I want to talk a little bit about what that means. So first, let's talk about kind of what was going on before all of this happened, before the pandemic. If you two were struggling already, if you two were trying to figure out whether it was possible to stay together, this amplifies the conflict. Because what do people do when they're struggling with somebody? Usually, they moderate their interaction. And they can do that, right? It's not hard to moderate your interaction in today's world. So sometimes people go to work. Sometimes people had different hobbies. Sometimes they just stayed in different areas, right? They, they could stay in a different part of the house or even find a different way of interacting. And so we create habits of interaction based on what connection feels like, what connection looks like. And suddenly that gets blown up because you're in the midst of struggling with this and you probably have to come together in some different ways in order to cope with this. That certainly has been the case with many people I've talked to who up until now have been able to have some distance in the process if they needed it and come together in the process when was necessary. For instance, some people have been able to go, okay, we'll deal with the kids together but the rest of our lives, we're going to keep separate. And that created some spaces in there. Even if it's not a healthy place, it's a comfortable space. And understand that there it can be a very significant difference between what's healthy and what's comfortable. We as humans, though, often default to comfort rather than 
struggling through with what might be healthier. What would be healthier is coming to some conclusions with a conflict. Instead, we often settle for that place of comfort. So now suddenly we have this place where you're in the same household. Now let's divide it up into two different possibilities. First possibility, you're quarantining together and your spouse is resistant to working on the relationship. The second possibility is that you and your spouse are quarantining together. That's that we're in the first idea of quarantining together. And your spouse is going, okay, let's see if we can work on this. So if you're in the first case, recognize that you're the one who's going to need to moderate a little bit of the space. So let me go back and repeat. In that scenario, your spouse is not wanting to work on things. And you've got to be aware of the fact that in those situations at this moment, it's very easy to start pushing too hard because you're at the same place at the same time. And so you see opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And so you push forward. You try to find some way of establishing more and more connection. The problem is they're resisting that at this point, right? Your spouse is trying to find some ways of resisting. And so what happens is because of the magnification process of this, suddenly that feels like pressurization, too much pressure. Generally, when we have too much pressure applied to something, pieces start falling apart, right? That's the the whole idea of like, you know, if you have a pressure cooker and it's not sealed correctly, it will eventually blow up. If it has a fault line, it'll eventually blow up. And the same thing happens in relationships that if the relationship is having struggles and weaknesses and you keep adding pressure and you keep adding pressure, you end up with an explosion. You end up with a big, uh, bigger problem than you started with. So in that case, this is a good place for you to say, how do I moderate our connection? What do I need to do to moderate the connection between us? How do I need to move forward in a different way so that I'm not uh, pushing forward for too much connection? That might be things like deciding not to always be trying to watch Netflix with your spouse or whatever they're watching or playing a game with your spouse or whatever they're doing or trying to enter into their place, but to leave some space. As I talked about a few weeks ago, uh, one of the good principles to think about in this time is giving grace and space. So the two parts of that, if you don't recall, grace and space. The first thing, grace, means that at this point, we're all a little bit more raw than we normally are. And so a spouse might be more reactive, as you would be, but you you need to make sure that you're aware of that for yourself and not allow the reactions to come out, but to allow your spouse to have some places where they might need a little bit of grace. Just to say, hey, I know it's a tough time, or to even in your mind say, hey, I know it's a tough time. I'm not going to hold that comment against you, against them, right? So that's grace, understanding that we're in a pressure cooker anyway. Space is recognizing that we all need some personal space. The problem is when we're in a troubled relationship, we look for every opportunity to close the space, which is actually counterproductive to what we want to do. When someone feels closed in, they tend to be reactive. So we want to find some ways of allowing the space to be there. So those are kind of the the pieces as you're understanding that you're the one who's working on this. Does it mean that you leave them alone? No. There are opportunities to say, hey, how are we going to deal with this together? There are opportunities, for instance, around mealtime. 
not for it to be a romantic experience, but to be a time of connection. See, sometimes in our culture, we have confused connection with romance. We've also confused connection with it having to be super deep. So moderating the space may include you having an eye on the fact that sometimes it's okay just to be in the same room together. That can feel connecting without having to have deep conversations. In fact, this is not your opportunity to have that big relationship talk. You know, that's a big one we talk about over and over. Don't commit yourself to a relationship talk. The relationship talk is where you have played out in your mind all of the arguments, as logical as they seem to you, on why you should be able to work this out. Especially when your spouse is running an argument in their mind about why this cannot work out and you have a place where there's almost a confrontation of your worldviews that's going to come from that and no good is going to come of it. Okay, so as you work on it as kind of the Lone Ranger in quarantining together, make sure that you allow some space in there. Make sure that you allow some grace when things are getting tough because things are going to get tough when you're cooped up together. It's just the part of the process. So then let's go to the second category. If this is a place where you and your spouse have decided to work on things and you're quarantined together, this is also not the time to go all in. You still need to moderate the space. Both of you, though, can agree on that. What would be comfortable with you being here? What would be comfortable with me being here? How can we come together in this? Recognize that there are a couple of interesting combinations that are happening these days. I've talked with people who were living separate, but now have decided to join together, often because there's a child involved. And in this pandemic, it's easier to not be trying to figure out how to transfer a child, but to figure out how to live in the same household together and support each other. It's a great opportunity to work together as a team. Make use of that. Be a team. Make sure you're aiming for your higher place to be. And that's whether you have decided to turn that corner and work on it together or if you're still working on it yourself, you abide by that. But if you're working on it together, this would be a great time to say, what would we be willing to do to kind of break the pattern? Maybe it's to read part of my material or to grab Gary Chapman's book on love languages or to watch a video together or to say, hey, let's create a date night together. These are opportunities to also talk about the deeper parts of what's going on here. When I'm talking to people, they're telling me, I'm, you know, I'm I'm pretty stressed these days. Well, stress is just another word for fear. And some vulnerability around being able to say what's stressing you out, what's making you fearful. If your spouse doesn't want to use the word fear to use stress, what's the stressful part? How can we mitigate whatever stressful pieces we can? Those are connecting conversations. Remember, emotional intimacy comes when you feel understood by somebody and they feel understood by you and they feel the support of that. That's where emotional intimacy comes in. I get you. I understand you. I feel gotten. I feel understood. And to feel like you're in it together. This is a great time to practice those skills of of intimacy that come from those exchanges. Okay, so that brings us kind of some reminders of what to do if you're quarantined together. But what if you're separate? I've heard from a lot of people lately that are separate. 
and the connection is harder to maintain. The reality is we have lots of opportunities these days to be checking in with people with a good reason to do it. So make use of that check-in. If you're married and strained and separated and you're working on this by yourself, to be willing to send out those short messages I talk about, just checking in on the person, not asking for a response, just telling them that you're thinking about them, that tell them that you're wondering how they're doing, or not even you're wondering, you're just hoping they're doing well. To be able to send some uh, information to them, them emails of something that might be of interest. The interesting thing about this time is so many of us are living in such um, a closed down lives. The things we love to do, we can't do right now. now I think about it uh, several times a week. I can't go to jujitsu. Does that mean I'm not reading about jujitsu? No, I'm reading more about jujitsu. I'm watching more videos about jujitsu. And so the same is true for most people who have some interest that's, that's close to them that they can't partake take in. And so you may find an article on some hobby that your spouse is not able to pursue right now to share that and say, wow, you know, I, I'm sure you're excited about getting back to this when you can. Here's an article I found you might be interested in. Right? That's an email that just lets the person know you're thinking about them, sending a thoughtful gift, small gift, or just making a phone call and just saying, hey, how are you doing? All ways of reaching out that are suddenly open and okay because we need to check in with each other. I mean, that is part of what we ought to be doing with each other anyway, and now you have kind of the excuse of why you're doing it. So it's a great time to be stepping into a process of checking in and communicating it some more. Now, what you can't do, obviously, is do what I call the tag-alongs, where you're trying to meet somebody while you're doing someone. But a lot of my other techniques, all the stuff that I talk about in my system and and especially in my VIP program, they're all available, all except for the tag-along. That's what's interesting. When I go through the list of my tools of connection, tag-along is not possible these days unless you're living together, but everything else is. Then you have the case where you're separated, but you've decided to work on things. You know, you're separated, you're living in different places for whatever reason, but maybe this has brought a new awareness. There's something that's happening right now in our culture, and I hope it's a permanent shift. There are actually a couple of things that are happening simultaneously. Some people are getting fed up with our situation and are deciding to uh, move in ways that are probably going to be counterproductive to us getting beyond this. But most people have decided to ratchet down, to be safe, to keep others safe. And most of us in that process have then kind of reawakened an awareness of how we are all in this together. This life on earth, we're in this together. Now, I do believe the people who are pushing for things to open up are also under the impression that we're all in this together. I just think that maybe there's some misguided notions about what is possible these days, not what we want to do, but what is possible these days. So in the midst of that, we have this opportunity, I think, in our culture of stepping back and going, okay, what really is important to us? What really matters in this world? Because I think we have been short-sighted for a long time. The divisiveness that we're feeling in our culture, the alienation that we have for different groups, I think there's a possibility of a shift to say, what matters going forward. And I'll tell you a few things that I think are going to matter more to people. One is to look at the commitments we made to each other 
in society, the commitments that we make. And I think people are going to be more aware of the character that's behind that. This has stripped away so many things. We suddenly realize how quickly a job could disappear, how quickly everything can go into lockdown, how quickly we can be at risk, all from something that is so microscopic that it took them a long time to even find what it was. All that took us to a different level, and and it reveals a vulnerability that we all live in day to day, and we just get to pretend it's not there most of the time. This pandemic will pass, but I don't think culture has to just go back to where we were. I think culture has a chance of saying, hey, what about character? What about what's important? What about looking at what matters? What about looking at our fellow humans as part of this whole process? How do I look at it and understand it as we're in connection? I think it's going to take us to a new level. I know that because I'm hearing from people who are saying, hey, we separated. We're not living in the same place right now, and we're not going to be until this is all over. But we've decided to give this a try. The crisis created a possibility, an opportunity to think about things differently. And because of that, they're they're working on it. And here's what I wanted to bring out of that. If that's your case, if that's where you are, this is also a time to find some creative ways of connecting. You can still read a book together, even if you're not living in the same place. You could watch a video together and talk about it. You can set up a time to be intentional about staying in connection, making a date for FaceTime or whatever device you're on, Zooming with each other, whatever it is, to find a way of doing that. I talked with a couple who are separated, and they're actually, because of not just their marital issue, but the job situation, are having to stay in different states. And they want to know what they could do to nurture their relationship now that they've decided to actually work on it. I suggested that they Zoom their dinner together, that they maybe even cook the same meals sometimes, and just sit and share in that experience. Now, I will tell you that uh, just this past weekend, it was my mother's birthday, uh, we couldn't all be together, and so we all Zoomed in on our dinners, and it wasn't a lot of deep conversation. It's very hard to do that, but we were, were all together, and we had a sense of being together. Now, imagine that option, but just two people who can actually hear each other and communicate with each other, and doing that on a, uh, an intentional basis. Let's have dinner together. That's a way of nurturing it and going through this experience together, talking about your day. So if you're at the place where your spouse is going, yeah, you know, I I think maybe we ought to move this in a different direction back towards the marriage, but really to a different marriage, finding a new way of being married, you can practice those skills now. You can work through that. So think through this as being really, there are four possibilities of what you may be facing right now. The first two are if you're self-quarantined together. In those first two, it's one person, the Lone Ranger approach, versus both of you being committed to it. And there are some differences in how you do that, primarily in how you uh, try to create some space for each other and uh, allow grace for each other, and the fact that you don't try so hard to uh, take every opportunity to connect in that process. And if you're working on it together, you have the added opportunity of respecting each other in that process and adding in some how can we grow pieces, some ways of reading together or or learning together. Then there are those who are separated. 
not living, not, not quarantining together, and they fall into the two camps. One person is wanting to work on it, or both are working on it. The both working on it is being intentional about how do you build that connection. If only one of you is working on it, remember the only tool of connection that I have in my VIP program that doesn't work is the tag along. Everything else does. The underlying issues that I talk about in the Save the Marriage system apply across the board here. So now we've gotten into a kind of a technical piece of what particular place are you in this puzzle. If you're struggling to figure out exactly what's going on, period, that's when you want to grab the system. You want to have that understanding. And by the way, if you're working on it together, a lot of people say, hey, should we go through your whole system? There are some very specific pieces that are designed for the Lone Ranger to use in order to understand what's going on and understand how to work on it by themselves. Then there are several pieces. There's the primary piece, the Save the Marriage module. There's also one about healing, anger, and resentment. Uh, There's also one about fair fighting and one on what not to do. All of those are common resources that both people can use. So it's okay to use both pieces of the uh, most pieces of that module, but there are a few of the modules that really only apply if you're working by yourself. They will give you the tools and understanding you need. Now, here's what I'm doing during this time. I'm giving you a free week of VIP so you do get access to those tools of connection. You immediate access for a free week so you can go through, learn the tools of connection, look at your apology letter, build a plan. I have a, a process that helps you build out that plan for all three areas you need to focus on. And all of that is included when you just say, yes, I'll take that free week. I don't sign you up without you knowing. You sign yourself up, you accept it, or you say, no, thank you. I don't want the free week. And it is the only time you can get the free week, by the way. So if you're grabbing the system, go ahead and take that free week. Learn the tools of connection. Learn the process you need to. Even ask a question during uh, the coaching call. Then we also have a get started session with one of my coaches. That's no obligation, no charge. You just have to claim it. We don't force it on you. Nobody's going to call you. You get to figure out when you want it. You just give us some information and schedule it and you're good to go. We'll make sure that that happens. So if that's of interest to you, the place to start is at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. I look forward to helping you in whatever way I can. In the meantime, be safe, stay well, And I wish you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com. 